to Wild Tater, the Food Forest podcast. I am Charles Hathaway, and today we're going to talk about Spanish sage. If you are in the same time of year as I am, as I put this episode out, we are approaching Thanksgiving, and as I think about the different recipes that are useful in Thanksgiving uh, meals, stuffing, turkey stuffing is a big deal, and the primary ingredient that gives uh, stuffing its flavor is sage, uh, usually common sage or garden sage. However, it is interchangeable with Spanish sage. So that's why we're going to talk about it today. Spanish sage, botanical name is Salvia lavandulifolia. It is an herb layer and it can live in cold hardiness zones 4 through 8, which means it can withstand cold to negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 37 degrees Celsius. The soil pH that it prefers is 6.0 to 6.5, but it will also grow in higher alkaline soils. I've heard up to 8.5. So, you know, if you've got a more alkaline soil, don't worry about it. It should do just fine. Its watering needs are quite low. In fact, this is w one of the ways that it stands out in, uh, you know, against many other uh, species is that once you get it established, which won't take long, we're talking, you know, a couple months, you know, so you just water it one season and it will grow for years to come and you won't have to even water it anymore. In fact, they say don't overwater it. To put it in a nice, you know, you don't have to put it in a spot that is just like, you know, bone dry, bone dry, unless unless you have a spot that you really need stuff there. Try it there. It's probably more likely to grow than most anything else you put, but um, but it will manage there just fine, probably. Uh, really dry spots. Anyway, it's blooming season. is late spring to early summer. Its harvest season is just prior to that time. You can really harvest uh, Spanish sage leaves at any time throughout its life. It's an evergreen, so it probably even get it in the, in the winter, but the leaves will be at their best, their peak flavor and taste and effectiveness in use and so forth in the spring just prior to the flowers starting to develop. It's harvesting age is about eight weeks. Most people plant it by seed. Um, and once you plant those seeds, they will come up after you know a couple weeks, maybe three weeks. And then once it reaches about eight weeks old, it's plenty old enough to harvest. In fact, really you could harvest it at any time from the time it comes up, but giving it that eight weeks will give it a chance to, you know, dig its roots deep and get strong for you know, when you do start to harvest it and so forth. Now, if you're trying to pollinate for seed, this one was a little bit tricky one for me in terms of research. I couldn't find specifically whether it needs a second plant in order to pollinate uh, for seed. Um, there seems to be some unique aspects to the salvia genus um, that uh, make it a little bit different pollination process than, than some others, which kind of, you know, led to a little bit of confusion. From what I can tell, it looks like one plant will probably 
uh, pollinate itself, but of course having more than one, it is more likely to do so. And so if you've got several plants, you're going to be just fine. It's These are not separate male and female plants. They, you know, each plant has both the male and female organs, so it's not like you need to make sure that you get a female plant and a male plant or anything like that. So as long as you have a couple of plants, you should be fine, especially if they're grown from seed, no problem. Okay, um, their size at maturity is also slightly confusing. It appears that most of the time, 12 to 18 inches is their mature size, um, which is 0.3 to 0.5 meters. But after reaching this mature age and they're able to be harvested, they flower, produce seed, all of that stuff that a mature plant does, they can, as each year goes by, continue to grow bigger to the point where some even reach up to four feet um, after two to five years or, or 1.5 three meters, um, you know, over two to five years. Again, they won't always grow that tall, but they can. So that's good to keep in mind if you're trying to treat them as a ground cover. They could get bigger and maybe I, I haven't looked into pruning, you know, whether that is a problem pruning for very small size or anything. I, I would suggest that, you know, pruning uh, for their use uh, will be as much as you'll need to do as far as pruning. Anyway, um, so their sun needs, they do prefer full sun. In fact, some say they will not grow at all in full shade. Others suggest that they won't do well in full shade, but uh, they do prefer full sun. Their preferred habitat, believe it or not, is dry, so stony soils. They are a plant that will grow easily and comfortably and spread itself easily in a Mediterranean climate. So picture those, you know, deserts and so forth that they're of the Mediterranean. They will do great in there. And even that alkaline soil, they'll do just fine. Their growth rate, I have listed as medium, mostly because it seems to be a little bit hard to predict. Um, they... They will take a few weeks to get started from seed. And then once they get going, they will, you know, in that first year, they can reach a foot to a foot and a half tall. Is that fast? Well, for an herb layer, not really. But uh, they, it's, it's also not super slow. I have some plants that seem to grow less than a centimeter a year. I mean, I wish I was exaggerating here, but they... They seem to grow very, very slowly. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking of my scrub oak or um, gamble oak. Um, and it's partly because of how little I water it. I sometimes go months just forgetting about it. And it, this poor little thing is just kind of inching along, looking healthy but tiny and just kind of staying there. <laughs> but um, so anyway, I think depending on how much they like their situation... Um, they can grow kind of fast, but I suspect they will generally grow a little bit slower than some other things. So we'll call their growth rate medium. Their natural reproductive rate is also medium, and they are mostly spread by seed. However, if you're propagating them yourself, people have had pretty good success with rooting branch cuttings, which is kind of interesting for a plant that doesn't like water very much. Um, usually root 
rooting of branches involves having a branch sit in water. Uh, another is to just poke it into moist soil deep enough so that there's a nodule or two that are underground or, you know, at least at the ground level, usually below ground works best, and then keep it, mo you know, moist, relatively moist, not wet, but, you know, damp. And then they will, you know, produce roots out from that. So rooted branch cuttings are, are probably the most common propagation method. Though, as I mentioned, in the right circumstances, the, you know, kind of Mediterranean-like climate, they're likely to grow from seed quite well. My guess is they produce you know, tons of seed and a few plants grow from it, which is to say that, you know, it's not like you're talking 80%, you know, success rate or something like that. It could be 2% success rate, but if you've got, you know, 300 seeds, that'll still be a few new growing plants every year that come voluntarily. So if you're going to plant them from seed, I think you're not probably going to want to do the one or two seeds per hole. I think it's going to take something more, a little bit more intense than that. You know, sprinkling the whole area with with seed and, um, and then keeping it moist and so forth. And maybe you'll get a bunch and maybe you'll only get one or two. Maybe you won't get any at all. But uh, But I think that's why propagation method is usually rooted branch cuttings. For this plant. Okay, their average lifespan. I could not find anything specific to the uh, Spanish sage. It appears that garden sage or common sage, that is the traditional sage that we use in spices and so forth as, as a spice, um, usually only lives three to five years. But this one tends to reach its kind of climax size and so forth between two and five years so it, it and and fr from what i can tell from other types of closely related sage they will often grow up to 10 years and so i'm picturing somewhere between five and ten years for the spanish sage kind of a guess but um if if you know any more information about that please contact me i would love to know more details these are in the Lamiaceae family, which is the mint family. And these are an evergreen, a perennial evergreen, as I've briefly mentioned, which means that they can be harvested all year. Um, they're also a favorite among honeybees, if we're getting into this ecological function um, aspect. They are one that once you get them in and get them well started, you know, a few months in, you're not going to need water anymore. They will take care of themselves. They will, they will take over, not take over, but they're, they'll take over their own maintenance, if you will. And so they'll, they'll be just fine that way. Now, as opposed to common sage, which is salvia officinalis, uh, or garden sage, um, which can be grown down to zone five, Spanish sage grows down to zone four. And I know we mentioned zones, but I wanted to point that out because they are a colder hardy plant. They're also a drier hardy plant. They like desert-like conditions. But uh, like the common sage, Spanish sage can be used for food and in all the same ways that common sage is used. I've heard that the flavor is slightly different, that it's a milder 
flavor, but that it's a delicious flavor. And so I would recommend if you were using it for, you know, making poultry seasoning, um, something that calls for sage, garden sage, that maybe just throw in a little extra, maybe make that teaspoon rather heaping or, or maybe go, you know, 50% more in the recipe than you would with garden or traditional sage. That's, that's just my own speculation. I'm not sure there, but uh, um, try it out. I think you'll probably find it well worth having around. Now, if you didn't know this about sage, garden sage, um, if you smell a dry seasoning bottle of dried sage, it smells like stuffing. You know, it smells like something that is a major part of turkey stuffing, chicken stuffing, whatever. And your Spanish sage can be used the same way as you would for sage. That's the kind of recipes that you'll get often, poultry meat um, dishes and so forth. But uh, wherever you could use sage, you can use um, Spanish sage. In fact, uh, in according to many sources, Spanish sage is simply a cultivar of common garden sage. So if you're thinking, I don't know, if I don't feel like trying something too different, it's not actually too different. It's, it's a cultivar of it, which means it has unique properties um, from the mother, which, you know, the cold hardiness, the dry hardiness and so forth is probably among those reasons. Um, but uh, it is a cultivar of that common garden sage. So as far as medicinal qualities, it does have some medicinal qualities. Um, the medical field is researching its use in the treatment of high blood pressure, diabetes, and Alzheimer's. The Alzheimer's one keeps coming back. Um, and it's because of its effect on memory, alertness, attention, and mood. That, that, that alertness and so forth is, is where it kind of shines. Now, I don't recommend using it medicinally without doing more of your own heavy research, without consulting your doctor. I am no doctor. I don't want to be a doctor. And I don't want anybody saying that, oh, well, uh, you know, he said I could on his podcast. That's not what I'm doing. But as far as its use as a health-promoting food, something that you eat as a food, um, in its food context, it does seem to, according to research I can find, have effect on positive effects on memory, alertness, attention, and mood. So it's the kind of thing that, you know, if you're struggling with memory or alertness, attention, or mood, and you sprinkle a little extra uh, Spanish sage on that food, it, who knows, might, might help. And I suspect it's one of those things that just having it more often in food can just kind of have that cumulative effect of just improving those things. So it's a, it's a good health food. It is a delightful seasoning, especially if you like poultry. But any of the sage teas, I would recommend trying Spanish sage in those uh, tea recipes. I think you'll find it to be as nice and much easier to grow in your food forest. 
So once again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you.